Hello and welcome to the Post Sermon Podcast. I'm your host Natalia and we're in conversation with Pastor Jeremy. This sermon we delved into a very short passage in Mark 14 and you made some very striking observations worth taking note and keeping note of. The sermon had two main ideas, one being Mary setting her heart on Christ and you beautifully communicated that. And listeners, if you're wondering more about it, the link of the sermon is in the description box. So without losing out on time, let's go into the second part. Hi Nat and hi everybody. Good to be back with you here in this post sermon conversation. I just love going back to the word and chewing on the word so that Sunday isn't just it. And on this particular occasion, I wasn't able to complete all of my notes on Sunday because we got so deep into just point 1 which was talking about Mary and what she did and I like the title of that passage as in the scriptures. I don't know if your Bible has it but it says Jesus anointed at Bethany. Jesus anointed at Bethany and that was one of the beautiful uh, pictures of Christ's embalming for his burial and this is just between you and me and this is just my thoughts but i was just thinking you know you don't embalm a living person that's almost insulting but mary did that but jesus called that worship you know what i'm saying if embalming a living person was called a beautiful act by the lord jesus it showed the reality of his plan and purpose now how would mary know that he was going to go to the cross but jesus knew and jesus knew that what she was doing essentially was that and i think to myself embalming a living person you could wait till he's dead but embalming a living person if that's the smell that's the aroma of worship because of his death his impending death then should that not be the same thing that anoints us should that not be something this is just this is just me talking and thinking through this but i was thinking to myself the other day living as i live and breathe i am a sacrifice you know the phrase that says in the scriptures a living sacrifice so i'm living dead to myself i'm living dead to the world i'm living dead to the flesh i'm alive to god and dead to the world and to consider paul paul talks about being considering yourself dead there's no ego issues anymore there's no feelings of jealousy of there's no competition with the world anymore there is no ambitions and dreams and i want to do this and i want to do that before i die kind of thing not that those things are wrong but it doesn't it just change your entire perspective because now you are heaven bound you're thinking eternity you're thinking you're a dead to myself alive to god so everything that is eternal is now your current life 1 John chapter 5 verse 24 says you now have passed from death unto life you are now in life so pretty profound you know and i was just thinking through that thinking deeply about the ramifications of the parallel if there was a parallel between mary's uh, act and my life jesus was going to die for me so she anointed him embalmed him i am going to die for christ my worship is also an embalming my worship is a breaking down or a sacrificing of everything that is mine to give to him so that i might be this time it won't not him but it's me dying to myself and allowing his life to live through me i don't know if that makes sense write to me and, and tell me what you think of that or um, if you have any further thoughts about that but i don't know if there's a parallel but i'm seeing a pattern anyway mary's actions symbolize the affection that characterizes all who genuinely love the lord jesus christ so she could not limit her act of lavish devotion In fact Jesus always noted this about Mary that she chose the better part. 
the better part, the good part. That means there are other parts to service and servitude. There are other parts to walking with Christ. There's service, there's ministry, there's there's evangelism, there's all the other aspects of it. But nothing trumps personal intimacy, time with Jesus, personal one-on-one with God. I mean, that's what the blood of Jesus Christ was shed for. Jesus didn't die to give you a purpose in life. He died because he has a purpose for your life, for your eternity. So as I think through that, Mary nailed it. Now, what was that? I mean, how did Mary figure that out? And what are the levels of Mary's realization? I mean, there's a physical and filial level of relationships. I mean, if you had come earlier, my brother would not have died. You got the whole aspect of them being friends, hanging out with him, et cetera, et cetera. But you take it to the next level, and that's what we're here to talk about today, is that Mary affirmed Christ's messiahship. Mary affirmed Christ's messiahship. You've got to do a synopsis of the Gospels to be able to pick this one up because Mark doesn't cover so deeply Mary's insight into Christ's messiahship. But as she stood there, all those men reclining around that table and Jesus having a meal there, many, many were involved there. And uh, this young lady comes and she stands there and she does this most incredible thing that Jesus says we will talk about till the end of days. So what did she realize about Jesus? What did she see in Jesus? She was not submitting or sacrificing or giving to a man. Was Jesus a man? Yeah, he had to come in the flesh. He had to come as a male because he was the seed promised to us. He had to come as a man because he was to replace Adam. He was to come as a man because he had to die. God always calls men to die. God calls Christ to die. And in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be looking at that more intensely in my sermon on how Jesus prayed the most difficult prayer. But God called him, and God's purpose was for him to die, that he would be stricken, that he would be bruised. So she wasn't just bowing to a man. She was bowing to the Son of God. She saw him. And my brothers and sisters, my friends, until we understand and see Christ as Lord, we are going to struggle on a very human level. We're going to struggle to bow. We're going to struggle to sacrifice. Because nobody wants to give that much to another human being, another person, another hero or guru or anything like that. We are ready to give anything. We're ready to bow. We're ready to bend. We're ready to surrender if we know it's God. And that's my point. Mary knew Jesus was God. Mary figured that he was the Messiah and that her breaking of the alabaster box and the anointing was so profound. She didn't know this. It was so profound, it leveled two amazing or paralleled two amazing events that would happen for Jesus. One is it paralleled the embalming for his death, as if she were embalming him for his death, which was one of the most glorious acts of sacrifice Christ came to do. And the other thing was also, remember that she broke it on top of his head, she poured it on top of his head. That's what they did for kings as they anointed kings and coronated kings. So essentially, she was also paralleling. You can't have one woman anoint some guy as king. So that wasn't happening. But what the gospel writers want us to see into the story is that she was literally paralleling the coronation of the king. And so Jesus saw what she was doing as something that was on a spiritual, heavenly level. Did she know that? No, she didn't know that. What was she thinking? She was just thinking, I love you and I'm not going to spare anything for you. I mean, you brought my brother back from the grave. You've been our friend. You've loved us. You've, I'm eternally grateful to you. Once that alabaster box of ointment was broken 
and everything was poured on his head, then you've got nothing left to give to anybody else. And that was my challenge on Sunday, talking about the worthiness of Christ to give us our hearts and our life of devotion to him. So the thing I wanted to complete all of that story was to emphasize and to firmly plant in your hearts the fact that Mary was not just showing gratitude to another man. She was not just bowing before a Jewish rabbi or another guy. She was recognizing him as the Messiah. Both Matthew and Mark's account emphasize the prophetic significance of the anointing of Jesus, alluding to his death and burial. You know, Jesus Christ is God's anointed Messiah. He is God's anointed Messiah. And the word Messiah, Mashiach, means anointed one. And it, it derives directly from the Hebrew word anointed. So that's the Hebrew, right? But Christ comes from the Greek word Christos, which also means anointed one. So thus Christ is the Greek equivalent. The word Christ, the name Christ, is the Greek equivalent of Messiah. So you got Jesus Christ. That is Jesus, which means Savior, and Christ, which means the anointed one or the sent one, sent by anointing, sent by commission. So he is the sent Savior. And Mary, in anointing Jesus, was recognizing prophetically the anointing of Christ, the Messiahship of Christ. That's why Jesus was able to say that act is going to be talked about around the world for as long as people exist. I love the fact that Christ affirmed Mary's love, her worship, and devotion, but he also highlighted the fact that this was an act far greater than just the gratitude of a woman. I mean, the same thing happened in Luke chapter 7 with another woman of poor repute who came and did the very same thing, but Jesus did not say this of her. So there's got to be a difference. Let me end with what I said in the sermon as I ended the sermon. As she delighted in his presence, Christ revealed himself to her. And as she better knew him, her worship and devotion flowed filling the whole room with the fragrance of her sacrifice, the fragrance of our sacrifice. Now, here's the thing about aromas and uh, incense and fragrances. One man's fragrance is another man's stench. And what is a fragrance to heaven is a stench to earth. What is a fragrance to earth is a stench to heaven. Think about that as you understand what sacrifice means. And when we sacrifice and say we're sacrificing in a life of devotion to Jesus, it's not going to necessarily smell good to people around us, but it will smell good in heaven. So what are you living for? Think about that, pray about that, and uh, let that go deep, even more so as Easter comes around the corner. And may the Lord bless you. I, I look forward to hearing from you on some of these thoughts, the tangent thoughts, as well as the passage itself. Many of you came up to me and you talked about the things that in this story connected with you. I'd love to hear more from that if you've been thinking about that deeply. God bless you. Let's continue to keep thinking. And if you have questions, write to us at pstjeremy at gmail.com and we'll see you in the next podcast.